the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Now, dear ones, as we turn our attention to what we're told here in Romans, the eighth chapter, starting at verse 31, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares with it says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Amen. Um, Dear ones, for the purposes of reminding ourselves of all that we have said and discussed up to this point, dear ones, we started last Sunday by taking a look at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ on Calvary and his subsequent resurrection from the dead. So we started dealing with that topic last Sunday. Last Sunday was Easter. So we dealt with the crucifixion of Jesus on Calvary and his subsequent resurrection from the dead. And we began to take note of some of the various ways that those two events have the ability to radically transform and change the lives of everyone who will accept by faith what the Lord is offering to them through Jesus Christ. And we talked about the first three of those ways. There are a variety of different ways, but we just talked about three of them last Sunday. Um, because we last Sunday we talked about how because of Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus, one, I have been completely forgiven by God the Father for my sins. I have been completely forgiven, not partially forgiven, not somewhat forgiven. I have been completely forgiven for my sins by God the Father because of Jesus. The second thing we discussed last Sunday, dear ones, is we discussed that because of what Jesus has done for us, I have been made a child of God and have become a part of the family of God. 
And we talked about how the difference between what it is to be a creation of God versus what it is to be a child of God. And so because of what Jesus has done for us, we are now able to be children of God and be a part of the family of God. And then the third thing that we discussed last week, dear ones, is because of what Jesus has done for us, I have been made a citizen of heaven even while I am still residing here on this earth and living in this life. And so even though I am still residing on this earth with all of you, we're still here. I'm still physically presently here right now, even though that be is the case, dear ones. I am I am officially because of what Jesus has done and my acceptance of that. I am officially a citizen of heaven. I am a citizen of heaven, even though I reside down here on earth. And the same is true for everyone of you and everyone that's watching on Facebook. If you have accepted what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. You are a citizen of heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. And the Bible says from that point forward, we are to view ourselves as strangers, as pilgrims, and as sojourners. We're just passing through. This is no longer our home, even though we are still residing here. And so on today, dear ones, I would like for us to take a look at several other ways and several other things that have been accomplished for us through what Jesus has done, through the, Lord, through the crucifixion of Jesus and his subsequent resurrection from the dead, there are several other things that I want for us to take note of. What, the first of these things is found for us. It's not found for us in the verses of Scripture that we have here in Romans 8, verses 31 through 34. It's actually found in, in some verses of Scripture that are found in the book of Romans, but occur earlier in the book of Romans. So, dear ones, let's look at Romans, the eighth chapter. Let's look at verse 9 through 14. Notice what we're told there. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now look over at Romans, the sixth chapter, Romans six, starting at verse one, it says, what shall we then say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, not will be, is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, we should not serve sin. 
And so, dear ones, the first of these things that we can learn and take note of from what we are told in these verses of Scripture is that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, I now have been given new life. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, I now have been given new life. I am not going to get a new life. I now have a new life. It's not something I'm going to get down the road by and by. It is something that I am in possession of and need to realize that I am in possession of right now. Now, dear ones, there are several things that we want to take note of here. First, notice that in Romans, the eighth chapter, verses nine through 14, we are told that if Christ be in you, that is, if you have accepted God's offer of salvation that he gives to us through Jesus Christ and have been born again, that the body, uh, the body is dead because of sin or all that pertains to this fallen body including its sinful nature in the economy of God, dear ones, is now viewed as being dead because it was crucified along with Jesus Christ on Calvary. And so in the economy of God, dear ones, in the view of God, this, even though I still have this body, it is viewed as being dead because it is viewed as being crucified with Christ. But the spirit is life or alive Because of righteousness, that is because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that now lives within me, even though my body is viewed and considered to be dead, my spirit is now alive because it has been given new life in, through and because of Jesus resurrection from the dead. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is the pattern and the prototype of the new life that I now have through faith in Him. And there was notice also in Romans the 6th chapter, verses 1 through 6, that we're told about baptism. And because Paul is laying out his argument. We talked about this in Sunday school. Paul is systematically and, and, and categorically laying out his argument. And before he gets to Romans, the eighth chapter, he talks about in Romans, the sixth chapter, he talks about baptism. He says baptism is important for us to take note of because baptism gives us an example and a picture of what is accomplished for us through Jesus Christ. And dear ones, we talked about baptism because in baptism, what is being discussed there is both a spiritual experience as well as a natural experience. Lord have mercy. Baptism that is being discussed in Romans the sixth chapter is both a spiritual experience as well as a natural experience. The spiritual experience is accomplished for us by the Holy Ghost and occurs at the time of regeneration where the spirit of God takes the repentant sinner and baptizes them into the body of Christ. And thus giving that individual, that repentant sinner, when the Holy Spirit baptizes them into the body of Christ, that gives to them new life. It now makes them a part of the body of Christ, and it now incorporates them and makes them a part of the family of God. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. 
but we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Hold your finger here in Romans, dear ones, and turn real quickly to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, I'm going to read verses 12 and 13, and then I'm going to jump over to Galatians, the third chapter. But 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, dear ones, notice what we're told in verse 12 of chapter 12. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Here we go. For by one spirit, we all are baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have all been made to drink into one spirit. By one spirit, we all have been baptized into one body. Now jump over to Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians, the third chapter, dear ones, notice what we're told in verses 26 to 28. Galatians 3, verses 26 to 28. Notice what it says there. He says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so, dear ones, here we are told that by one spirit, we have all been baptized into Jesus Christ. And so that is the spiritual experience that every repentant sinner receives when they are regenerated or born again. The spirit of God takes a repentant sinner and baptizes them into the body of Christ. You now become, as I said, a child of God. You are part of the family of God, but you are baptized or incorporated into the body of Christ and the family of God. And the natural experience is accomplished for us through the process of water baptism. The natural experience that Paul is trying to describe for us is accomplished through the process of water baptism. Because what this does, dear ones, is it gives to the born-again believer in Jesus Christ an experience that is both physical and sensorial. It gives to us an experience that is both physical and sensory or sensorial. And but that that it takes place, dear ones, and it all happens and is being accomplished for us that is meant to represent what is being done for us spiritually and supernaturally. 
And so the Lord gives us a natural experience that is meant to represent and picture what is being done for us spiritually and supernaturally. Now just think about the process of baptism. Just, just in your minds, for those of us that have been baptized, think about the process that we went through. The going down in the water is meant to represent the burying of everything that pertains to our lives in death. So our going down in the water is meant to represent, dear ones, everything that pertains to this old life being, being laid to death, being laid down and buried. The coming up out of the water is meant to represent being raised to new life in Jesus Christ. So we're being lowered down, which is meant to represent us dying. We're being raised up out of the water, which is meant to represent us coming up to new life in Jesus Christ. Here we go. Here's the kicker. And all these things, the going down in the water and being raised up out of the water is all being done for us by somebody else. Y'all ain't praying with me. You didn't dunk yourself and then stand up. Y'all been praying with me today. You didn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Sister Gilmore comes to the baptismal pool and she steps in the water and she has a baptismal garment on and she's standing, and she's standing before the individual, usually a minister or a pastor or somebody that is doing the baptism and the person, Sister Gilmore stands there before the individual and the person says, okay, Sharon, hold your breath and then get under the water. And then come back up. Okay, you've been baptized. It doesn't happen like that. What happens is Sister Gilmore comes and she stands before the individual and she stands sideways and the other person takes control of her body and gradually lowers her down into the water. And then after a second or two brings her back up out of the water. And so everything is being done for her. She is not doing it herself. It's the same with the Holy Ghost, dear ones. The Holy Ghost is the one that baptizes you into the body of Christ. He lowers you down into death and then raises you back up to new life in Jesus. It's all being accomplished for you by somebody else. And it's not you doing it yourself. That's why you can't save yourself. You can't save yourself. You can't make yourself new. Those of you that are watching on Facebook, you can go to all, you can read all the reformatory books. You can re- watch all the, all the videos that tell you how to be a different person, a new person, a changed person. You can do whatever you want to do. You can't change you. God can change you. Lord have mercy. And so it's all being done for you by somebody else. Now it is because of what all we're told here and what we see here and what's being discussed, dear ones, that it brings up at least two things that we want to talk on just briefly. We could go into depth in these things, but I don't got time to do that. So I'll just touch on them real briefly. The first one is this. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead and our experience of being given new life in and through Jesus established for us a clear distinction and a clear difference that exists between a person having life versus a person having existence. Because of what Jesus, his resurrection from the dead, because of that simple fact that Jesus rose from the dead, it establishes for us that there is a clear difference and there is a clear distinction between a person having life 
versus a person only having existence. Dear ones, having life is what a person receives from God when they are given new life in Jesus by the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus is talking about in John, the third chapter, when he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, I was I was getting ready. We were were doing I think it was during the prayer or during the scripture reading this morning. But the spirit of God impressed upon me, said, now, with this point, you need to have them focus on Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 16. So let's all look at Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 16. Notice what it says there. It says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, dear ones, if you really have been born again, the spirit of God should be witnessing to your spirit and telling you an internal speaking, an internal voice, an internal confirmation should be taking place in your life that lets you know, yes, you are a child of God. It is not just me affirming myself. It is not just me affirming, yes, I am a child of God. Yes, I am a born-again believer. Yes, I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm not just confirming this to myself. Somebody else that's outside of me is speaking to me. And this speaking to me sometimes will happen in in, in the strongest way, in the most affirming way, when I am just jacked up and tore up from the floor up. I am so messed up and and, and just done so much wrong and the enemy is whispering in one ear, take your life, kill yourself. You ain't no hope for you. All is lost. You've messed up too badly. You've done too much wrong. You'll never be forgiven for what you've done. But there is an internal voice that speaks to me. There is an internal word that comes. In the midst of my despair, in the midst of my seemingly hopelessness, in the midst of my depression and anguish, there is a voice that speaks on the inside. No, 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 no. You still belong to me. Amen. You're still mine. There is hope. Don't, don't listen to the other voice. Don't listen to what the enemy is saying. There's hope. You can recover. You can turn around. We can do this. Maybe I'm the only person that ever has that happen. Maybe nobody else in here has ever been that low. Maybe you, maybe you watch. Maybe none of you have ever been that low. Well, you have thought these thoughts. These things have crossed your mind. You have messed up so badly. You have been tore up from the floor up. You have been jacked up from the back up. You have been messed up and you have, you have done everything you possibly could do to put yourself in the worst possible condition you could be in. And everything that you hear from outside of you is telling you there's no hope. Whether it's people, whether it's the enemy, whether it's people that were so-called friends, they're all telling you the same thing. Ain't no hope, bro. You messed up too badly. But there's a voice on the inside. Romans 8, 16, the spirit bears witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. That God is on your side. And there is hope. And so there was the resurrection of Jesus helps us to understand having life means that by the spirit of God, we have been given new life in Jesus. This is what it means to be born again. You are born again. So we have a lot of people walking around talking about I'm a Christian and I'm this. The question you need to ask them is, have you been born again? 
That's the question. Don't ask them the question, are you a Christian? Because you could be a Christian because of politics. You can be a Christian because of nationality. You can be a Christian because of a lot your government affiliations. You can be a Christian based on a lot of other principles and a lot of other standards that we have in our culture right now. The question that we need to be asking people is, have you been born again? Have you experienced a transformational time with Jesus Christ, whereby you have been transformed by his spirit? And his spirit is now speaking to your spirit. It's not you talking to yourself. Y'all know how you talk to yourselves. Y'all know what you sound like when you talk to yourself. I know how I sound when I talk to myself. Sometimes I sound real good. Sometimes I don't sound so good. Sometimes I sound like Pee Wee Herman. Sometimes I sound like Barry White. Lord have mercy. But the Spirit of God, when He speaks, His voice is clear. His voice is consistent. His voice is understandable. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.